0: I know, I've talked pretty much ad nauseam about how much I love Jenny Nash's Blueprint books. But now, I have fantastic and new news. Her newest, Blueprint for a Memoir, How to Write a Memoir for the Marketplace, is out now. Blueprint for a Memoir is your step-by-step guide to understanding your reader, your message, and the always-changing publishing marketplace. From finding your why, to identifying your ideal reader, and the memoir books they already love. Jenny's new book is your key to the clarity and insight your work in progress might be missing. Find it on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Hey, I'm KJ Delantonia. This is Jenny Nash, and this is another episode in our Summer 2023 Ideation Series, which is. Uh, Something we are in the process of putting together and molding into a useful conversation about where ideas come from
1: and what we do with them once we have them. Such a good introduction. So we, we <laughs> left off in recent times where you had taken four ideas and sent them off to your agent and waiting to hear what happened in that process. So what happened in that process? Right. So I sent her basically a page on every idea. And it was, I think it's kind of
0: interesting to, to hear what it consisted of. It was like a, a title. I gave them all a, a worthy title, um, a tagline in some cases, like a clever tagline. And in some cases, a, you know, just something a little more generic. And then it would say something like what kind of book, the genre, the the perspective, the POV, that sort of thing. Um, and then I would, it had a, uh, a blurb, a flap copy or back of the book book blurb. And then in some cases, some extra about what actually happens because you often end your flap copy on, on a question. So, so that's, so she got four of those and then we went in and we talked about them and came out with two that felt ripe and ready to potentially pursue. So now I am sitting on a single POV romantic comedy and a multi-POV family of comed- <laughs> Com- comoda, um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, family comedy. I originally thought the rom-com might be dual POV, so that may what be what we talked about, but I've, uh, I've ultimately decided that it would be better, single POV. So now I'm expanding, my plan is to expand both of them, but I'm only focusing on one right now. So right now I'm focusing on the rom-com idea, and, uh, we talked in the last time that we talked about my ideas specifically. We talked about kicking the tires, but that was me kicking some very broad tires. Now I'm kicking the very specific tires on this specific um vehicle. And yeah, so i'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm not entirely sure what I'm trying to create. I'm trying to build enough that we can have a pretty solid idea of what this would look like as a book, maybe with some chapters, probably with a synopsis. It'll be pretty loose because you don't know where things are gonna go. And my goal is to build that within the next three to four weeks and then I'll take a week off and then I will do the same for the second
1: book or second potential And what happened to the two ideas that didn't make the cut for this more specific tire cutting, I mean, tire kicking? (laughs)
0: The entire entire cutting. Cutting. <laughs> they're just they're just gonna sit and marinate
1: so yeah. they're not they're Pretty not much. voted That's... off the island they're just not no. not elevated
0: yeah yeah they they can sit off in the background and even that so i'm really focusing on the rom-com but the multi pov is in my like it's it's in the back of my head so that one is sort of stewing whereas the other two like i would have to I would have to drag one of them. I remember pretty specifically and the fourth one. I would have to drag out of, Oh yeah, I do remember it. Okay. But I don't, yeah, those are, they're just, they're just tucked away and they may or may not ever become anything or they might like, if bits of those made their way into the stuff I'm working on now, that would be fine. Like I wouldn't feel like, Oh, I don't want to use that. Cause that belongs in that book. First of all, I, that's often a bad plan. You don't want to save stuff. You want to spend it all out. Um, But secondly, yeah, that wouldn't, that'd be fine. It would be, it would be whatever. They're not, I've kind of just, I probably won't go back to those in the form that they're in. So
1: what I love about peeking into your process is how intentional you are about the right idea. I think a lot of people believe that you write the book and 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 you, that's how you figure out what the right idea is that you have to write 300 pages to figure it out and you're doing all of this figuring before you write very much at all and i'm curious in this process that that we're breaking down the role that your agent plays cuz a lot a lot of your listeners don't have agents and they probably are thinking well it's easy your agent's just going to tell you what what to do and And what would sell. Yeah. Cause she just knows. Cause she has a crystal ball.
0: (laughs) In her crystal ball. Yeah. It tells her exactly what we, what I could do that the market would adore. And um, that is why, yeah, that is why we are the universal successful team that we are. We are a very successful team, but yeah. So the, one of the things we want to talk about today is how an idea uh, can go wrong. And so starting with this conversation with my agent is kind of a really good place Mm -hmm. to start. Um, I go into a conversation with my agent or with an editor, if I'm talking to an editor or even a friend that I really value, um, value their opinion with less sort of hesitation around sharing an idea. I try to make it pretty secure before I shared to them. That's why I had those whole pages. That's why I wasn't just calling her up and sort of like, you know, throwing some stuff out there. I mean, I think there are people that have that relationship with their agent. I didn't want that um, because I think it would be really easy for me to put too much weight on the opinion of somebody with more experience in the industry than I have. And your agent inherently is going to have been involved in the sale of more books than you have or if not then how you go and what's
1: that's, wrong that would be a a new baby agent and she probably what's still has what's wrong but... with somebody saying kj this is the book you should write i i've been hearing all over town that everybody wants uh you know blah 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 and that's the book that you should write what what's wrong with that
0: oh so much um it is so easy to get caught up in somebody else's idea. So this is this is a way an idea in general can sort of ambush you, right? As a freelance journalist, the route to the kill fee, which is what you get if you write an article for a publication and they decide not to publish it and it's usually 15 to 20% of whatever they published you. The surest route to a kill fee that I have, the only kill fee I've ever had was when an editor called me up, which is a dream situation and said, I would like you to write an article about X and X wasn't, I would like you to be write an article about, you know, uh, how people shampoo their hair. It was much more specific. It was more like, I would write, like you to write an article about how the experience of, of shampooing your hair has, has become painful to everyone because of the pandemic. Don't write <laughs> that article. That was nothing. <laughs> but. There was enough in that conversation that I should have known right away But that person had a vision and I didn't have I didn't share that vision um, and I wasn't going to be able to complete it. So what I gave them was not that what they wanted and it did not work out. And I think that could easily happen with a book. Um, and it's one of the reasons that my agent especially hesitates. Some writers, will, when they're established, will sell on proposal and she'll be like, you could easily propose something you don't want to write like you think you do. Um, and you could do that for a couple of reasons. First. It could be a really good idea, but it's just not for you and everybody gets excited about it. And then they, there you are. Right. Or second, you could just think it was a good idea. Um, But not have really poked at it and realized, oh, you know, if I go deeper into that story, then the guy is going to have to experience this thing that, you know, I experienced in middle school and I don't really not really ready to talk about that. I'm not ready to write about that yet. Um, and then you would end up with like an editor going, no, but the thing, the middle school thing, come on, I want it. That'd be yeah. awful.
1: Well, it's interesting because a lot of nonfiction books are sold on proposal, but the proposals are way more extensive than what people imagine mm-hmm. that they are. They are they are so uh, comprehensive and deep into that idea that it's almost as if you have written the book. I mean, an extensive annotated table of contents is is almost as if you've planned out the whole thing you know what's going to be in it so on the non-fiction side proposals don't there's not that risk inherent in them but in memoir and fiction you 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 do sort of have to write the whole thing to know that you want to write the whole thing but we're what we're talking about is well a couple of things who you trust to talk to about your ideas, who who you might not trust, and that figuring out that is a critically important skill for writers. I think a lot of people get in trouble with their ideas when they take them to, well, there's a couple things. People who love them but who don't understand the way ideas and writing and creativity work, and sometimes those people who love the writer do damage by what they say or don't say. And and then the other category is writing groups, which I, I have spoken a lot about the danger of writing groups because there's this kind of group think that happens. And let's say like with your rom-com, your single POV rom-com, you take it into a writer's group and they just start piling on like, oh, KJ, really it should be a mystery. And what if there actually are two voices? And so there's a love story, but it's also a mystery. And there's a lot, you know, and just and and you come away from that losing a sense of what you wanted. You come away from both of those experiences, losing a sense of trusting your, your own self. So how do you approach your relationship with your agent or if it's someone listening and they have trusted or or not trusted people, how do you approach the sharing of the idea to protect your knowing what's right?
0: Yeah, it can be really hard. Um, I'm thinking about, so Serena and I will do like plot conversations, and we will get together and, and, um, you know, take a, a walk and hash something out. And a parameter that we create right before we even go in is you don't have to use any of this like if this is a, this is a idea generating walk, you know, and I'm going to say to you, well, what if it was this? And what if it was that? And the, hopefully that's going to make you think something, but you don't have to actually do it because it's very easy to, th- you know to throw your idea out to your mom and have her go ooh that's awesome and what if it happened on mars and then you're like oh it's going to hurt my mom so much when they don't put this on mars but i don't really want to write something on mars it's red and i don't like that color and i just just oh and then you're just stuck <laughs> so some of it is setting expectations i guess with depending on on who you're on who you're with and some of it is trying to have your idea solid enough, I guess, before you run it by someone. Yeah, I don't know. It can be, it's it's tough. And maybe just knowing that that is a thing that happens to everyone. I mean, it really yeah. does. Like, you know, Taylor Jenkins Reed accidentally wanders into her, her writing group and wanders out going, I don't know, maybe it should be a mystery. Right, you know? right.
1: <laughs> like that happens. Right. So what we're talking about is is this weird thing where you're trying to find the the Venn diagram of what drew you to the idea and what you like and what is interesting and sparkly to you with what you think is going to work in the marketplace and that's it, it, figuring that out where those two things cross over is well it's all a guess for one thing right so it's that's kind of what you're talking about, and what you're working with your agent on is what do we think as the best likelihood of working that you love and want to write?
0: Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you want to hit, like you said, that's that's exactly right. That Venn diagram, and it's okay. Like the sparkly piece of this, like you're still in the phase where your sparkly piece can move, right? Which is, I mean, that's that is really important. So another thing that can go wrong with an idea at this phase is that you can get too attached to a particular piece yeah. of it and it's hard to let it grow and develop. Um, Cause growing and developing is like, it, that's what the idea is supposed to do. But if you have really decided, you know, this is the story of a land rover on on Mars and it's search for love and then it dawns on you that there's only one Land Rover on Mars, and finding love is going to be a real challenge for him. Um, you know, you don't want to get too attached to your Land Rover because maybe they could be satellites, and there's multiple satellites. I don't know. Um, no, I. <laughs> no one is ever going to come out of this podcast going,
1: Oh, those cages giving me really good." Effort. Well, i I just worked. I just worked with a writer I, who had finished a draft. of of a novel and I had worked with her on her blueprint and that's the last time I worked with her. So worked on the blueprint, then she went off, wrote, wrote the novel and it's now 300 pages with an ending that 100% does not make sense. The story does not support this ending and this exact problem was in the blueprint and we discussed it and, and she rejected, she, she did the thing you're talking about, held on so tight to this happily ever after ending and wrote an entire story that does not support it. And so now here we are talking about the whole novel with this idea that she won't let go of. And, you know, from, from my perspective as a book coach, my job is to help the writer bring their idea to life and do the best they can with their idea and to try to give honest feedback as to what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing is she held on too tight to this idea, and it's really threatening to topple the entire thing. And and she mm-hmm. could go out and say, well, I love this ending, and I'm going to try to sell this book, but I I don't have to have a crystal ball to know that nobody is going to think that this ending suits this story. It's It's the wrong ending. It just demonstrably is the wrong ending. And so that could have been, she could have prevented that at the idea stage of not holding on so tightly to this thing. And so how do you know when you're doing that? Like, how do you know? So let's say part of your idea, your your agent is now saying, that's not a whole book, KJ, that's just a scene or a setup or a scenario. How do you know that to listen to that or how do you know when to trust your gut on that
0: so i mean i i do you you mentioned the blueprint and i i just definitely go back to that and pull up pieces of it For for me an idea so a setup is is just a setup, and a setup is great. Like we have a whole episode called "Friends Don't Let Friends Write Books Without Hooks." But your hook is your setup. You know, um, what if a boy made a wish to be a, a big and was? That's a setup. It's a great setup. That's you know, big with Tom Hanks. Um, but there has to be uh, this story, which honestly I don't even remember. So maybe it wasn't the greatest story, um, but it must have been anyway. Um, so. An idea is a full all-the-way idea when you can tell yourself what are the things that your character, this is in, in fiction, is going to go through over the course of this and where are they going to come out in the end. And ideally, you can talk about that in both terms of both the plot and the emotionality. Um, so this is the inside outline. Um, uh, you know, it's all it's all true, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true, and really, more, it really, it really is. So, for me, once I know where my character, what, what, where she is or he is in the beginning, emotionally, and where they're going to be in the end, emotionally, um, I probably have a whole idea and not just a setup.
1: That's interesting. So so it's getting excited about a setup and not doing the work of thinking about where is this going to go.
0: So for example, in playing the witch card, which is not out yet, but it will be and you should all pre-order it and then you can read it and then you'll know what I'm talking about. That originally had a very different ending than what it has now, but emotionally it was the same ending. So plot wise a very different thing happened in the end um in the first draft of that and actually in the draft that i sold uh and i changed it with that and the editor didn't even i mean she certainly noticed it was very noticeable um but it wasn't a problem because it was still the same story even though you know plot wise, i mean this is it, it was the difference between i mean it's based. I don't want to spoil my my own book, but it was it, it was a really
1: big change. So, but what you're talking about is being able to being able to see the emotional arc of the story. And if you have a setup that does not lead to any sort of emotional arc of change, you can't write it in fiction. You can't write a good book about that probably a memoir, you can't write a good book either. You have to, you have to, you know, so we've been talking about kicking the tires. You have to kick the tires. You have to play around. You have to try things out. And and I think that that's what is happening with you and your agent and what happens in good feedback from other people who who might be your mom. Like I don't want to throw all the moms under the bus or yeah. or all no. the writing groups under the bus, but... What you want to do is use those people as a test of the viability of your idea, not, not, gee, is that an inherently good idea, KJ, to write about, you know, the love story on Mars? That's not what you're looking for.
0: People really want to play with the setup because, I don't know, that's kind of the fun piece. Um, so I think one of the ways that maybe you can recognize good feedback is, you know, okay, your, the, your your Land Rover on Mars, why would he fall in love now when he's been on Mars for X amount of time? Or, you know, um, how does that, I don't know. <laughs> Land Rover on Mars is such, such a terrible, terrible idea. idea.
1: I can't even take it any further. <laughs> but what but- we're talking about is um, so beautifully written about in Ed Catmull's book, Creativity Inc., about what they do at Pixar and the rules. So you talked about rules with Serena when you go on your plot walks. And the brain trust at Pixar has rules as well. And I can't remember them off the top of my head now, but I remember the spirit of them. And the spirit of them is that people ask of an idea, is it working? What is the underlying logic of it what is the underlying emotion of it that's those are the questions you ask of an idea and and that's what can help a writer hold on to whether something is worth pursuing or not because if there's a hole in the logic or you mentioned this earlier you can't articulate why you think this idea is is a story then you have more work to do and having someone poke at it and and help you with the tire kicking is gonna help you see if it now I'm totally mixing metaphors, holds water or not. <laughs> Kick the tires to see if it's gonna hold water. Um that's it's yeah. mutable. It's it's um it's clay, it's wet clay, and you're and you're working and figuring and and discerning and holding on to tightly before it's becomes the thing it's gonna become is is usually a problem.
0: So I think what we're trying to get at is that you need to figure out what in this idea, like, what is the core? What in this idea is an idea? You know, what are you, so, so you don't want to get attached to a particular piece that is not the core. So, you know, if you get attached to my Mars Land Rover, when really you're what you really wanted to do is, um, a hopeless love of something that is unique in the world, you know, or or finding your true match when there is nothing else like you. Um, that's a story you could tell with a different plot. So if that is your core, but you're, and honestly, your core could be plot. I mean, you could be really, really excited about, as as Stephen King wrote a book called The Dome, and I always think about it because it's his example in on writing of of, this is just a setup. Like, what if a dome descended over a town and some people are on the inside and some people are on the outside? Well, that's just a setup. Um, But if your your plot thing that you, you know, if your thing that you want to talk about is what happens within a community that has been separated from the entire world? Well, that, I mean, yeah, it's emotional, but it's also, you know, that's, that's a plot thing. And then you don't want to get attached to telling that with the dome because Stephen King did that, but you can, you know, you could tell it in a small way with people trapped in a, you know, on an Island, or you could tell it in a big way with, uh, I don't know, Australia suddenly getting cut off from the the world
1: well I love that there, there yeah, I love that because you're talking about knowing what the story really is whether that's
0: yeah what is the story you want to tell here and it could be an outer story and it could be an inner, inner story but it's going to have both but yeah so then you want to cling to that and work on that as your
1: idea so we're we're also talking here. You mentioned Stephen King, and oh, he already wrote that story. That's another thing that can go wrong with an idea. Is is you can either yeah. think I can't do that because Stephen King already did it, or what's the flip side of that? Why am I having a hard time with the flip side of that?
0: <laughs> or, well, that's been done. Is 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 big, or
1: that's too ridiculous, right? Like that's too big. That's too. Or it's um, not for me. Too, I, too I have this there. great idea, but I don't have the skill or the I don't have chops, the chops to, to do dragons, yeah. yeah, or whatever. So let's
0: start with that's been done. Um, A people love what's been done, and when we say it all the time on the on the on the podcast, nobody ever said, "Please, Ellen Hildebrand, don't write another uh, book about sisters on T- Nantucket." That's all they want for Ellen Hildebrand. Um, but if you want to question whether or not we are allowed to tell essentially the same story again i I refer you to tokyo ever after um which is the princess diaries but in tokyo it just is like really 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 is and it's fine nobody said hey that's a print i mean people did but they said oh oh, it's the princess diaries but in tokyo not hey you can't do that it's the princess diaries but in tokyo um you totally can do that i your story will
1: be different by virtue of it being your story, right? I Right, by virtue of it being I your happen story. to have just finished binge-watching the first season of Daisy Jones and the Six, the Taylor Jenkins Reads mm-hmm. book that is made mm-hmm. into a TV movie. And I love the book. I loved it on audio. I love the show on TV. I just love all the things. But what struck me when watching it, much more than when reading it, is... Well, first of all, it feels so real. It feels, it feels as if we're watching a rock documentary. And, and then it's like, this is every rock documentary that has ever been told. It, it's the Beatles. It's the Beach Boys. It's, you know, all the things. And those are all documentaries that I have seen and, and watched. And, and when engaged in this story or content, not for one second, do you sit there and think, oh, come on, I, I already watched one of these. You know, it's like, this is so good. When is the next season coming?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, if if you are a person who loves romance, then you know, like, uh, yes, please give me all the grumpy sunshine. Yes, please. Um, there's only one bed. <laughs> They're called tropes for a reason, uh, but they exist in every genre. Uh, yes, please. The unrecognized leader you know uh yes please the the orphan who will save us all yes please um you know the the monster who turns out to be um heart of gold you know uh, somebody uh, yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. somebody that that you knew as a child um and some of that is that the same things happen to people over and over again um you know, people get married, people get divorced, people have children, people lose their parents. There are rituals and rhythms of a human life that are part of what we tell stories around. So that's all that's all great. But then, I mean, just to go ahead and, and move it past it is. The other side of that is, oh, I can't do that because it's too big. I can't. It's too melodramatic. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, that would never happen. A little that would never happen goes a long way in in books. I mean, don't, I think we do reject ideas because they feel too big and people love big ideas. I mean, you know, have a shot at it and then make it smaller because most people
1: end up sort of the other way around. So what we're talking about here in general is don't talk yourself out of an idea before you allow yourself to explore it.
0: Or let somebody else talk you out of it before you allow yourself to explore it.
1: That's it. Right. So it's holding on to the idea that you love tightly enough that no one's going to knock it out of your grip, but not so tight that you can't actually look at it and turn it around and upside down and inside out. And what do I actually have here? And and seeing if it is viable and, and if it is a thing you want to write, all of that work n- needs a certain mindset, which which I think you exhibit really beautifully and you're in it right now is I will write one of these books. They are my ideas and I love them. And I am trying to discern with the help of trusted friends and advisors what which one which which one.
0: Already so the when I return this to Karen, and it's been a couple of weeks since we talked. When I return this, this rom com idea is not the same already. Um, it you know, it 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 evolved, it had to evolve like it had a setup that wouldn't lead to the conclusion that I right. wanted. So, you know, to try to push through to that, and this is. Let me just say, I mean, hey, this is not easy and it's not coming easily to me. The, it feels like it would be easier to just sit down and start writing a thousand words, like, you know, real words where people get in and out of taxi cabs and move cups around. Um, but I am really trying not to do that. Because I have already had the experience of writing a lot of perfectly good words that then didn't fit the story. And I'm trying to do something differently.
1: Well, spending time. time. I think in the end I'll have to write the wrong words anyway. I'm just hoping to write fewer of them. I mean, this is the heart of the whole thing, spending time on the idea and what I would say, struggling with the idea or, or maybe we're, the more positive version is kicking the tires on the idea, testing, putting it to a test, measuring it, discerning whatever language we want to use. I think always saves time and anguish later. And it doesn't feel like it when you're doing it. Cause it's, you you have the idea you want to get writing. You want to get to it. Writing. We think of writing as, well, it's a thing you and Jess and, Serena display all the time is I want to be putting the stickers in my book. That's what I want. I want to be doing my burn chart. I want to be getting, you know, in that place where I'm, I'm doing the thing, but this is the thing.
0: This is the thing. This is so funny because we literally just recorded it and I will put it in the show notes because it will already have run through your feed. If you're a regular listener, we Jess just sort of called Serena and I in for a master um, conference on the question of outlining, because she was feeling like when she was outlining, she wasn't writing. And Serena and I were both like, no, no, that actually is writing. The thing that really the thing that isn't writing is writing descriptions of sunsets. (laughs) That's not that's not writing until, you know, for sure, there's going to be a sunset in your book. You should not be describing it. Um. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that's not writing at this stage.
1: Yeah. So. Well, and there's a final danger that you just touched on at the idea stage, which is never choosing. Never choosing. So you add your Mm -hmm. four ideas. You came out of the conference with your agent with two ideas. And now you're going to tweak those two ideas. And you could do that for the next three years and not pick. Not pick a uh, a book to move forward and finish. So, not not choosing is is tempting for a lot of people because if you don't choose, you can't get it wrong, <laughs> right? And <laughs> yeah. and you can continue to think that you have this brilliant idea. And unfortunately, or you can even start writing when you haven't chosen,
0: and then you just end up
1: with a yes. mess
0: um you know a, a book that does not have and then you have to like go in there and make the choice and then pull out the bits that reflect that choice you can't you can't write a book that's both about uh you know love conquers all and also um family is more important than anything else right you have to choose or maybe you can but you need well you, or or you need to mash those together in some way that that you come up with one thing or if you're i mean i don't know maybe you can but you have you have to plan to do it you can't go into it and be like
1: i don't know it's something about something right <laughs> right so what we what we've circled around is all the things that, that can go wrong at the idea stage and the worst of all of them is is not choosing and not coming out of that process so having some process by which you choose. And can we talk for just a minute about what if someone is listening and they're like, well, gosh, I don't have four ideas. I have one idea. And it's the idea that I've had since I was 12 and, and I just haven't done it yet. So this whole thing you're talking about is not for me because I have my one idea.
0: Oh, but it's still for you. Yeah. Yeah. This is the chicken sisters. Like I've had that. I had that idea for 10 years before I started writing on it, but that's just, I mean, again, that's just a setup. What if there were two restaurants in the same town in Kansas named with the same name, which there actually are, or basically the same name. You still need, you still need all this other stuff. You need it even more. Um, I don't know. So I've sort of torn between, I think it might be easier to just write the book when it's the first one. And you're not going through this process because, but it's partly because you've probably gone through this process, like sort of subconsciously over the last 10 years. So, you know, if you can lay it out and there is a story and there is all of this stuff, then no, you, you don't, you know, you've already done it. So, yay. But on the other hand, if all you got is what if a dome descended over a city, that's still just a setup
1: yeah so you have to yeah. kick the tires no matter what and you have to choose you have to come out of your tire kicking with an idea that you've committed to writing. And I want to talk in our next episode about how you're going to move you're going to be testing out these two ideas that you have in a in a more substantive way. And I'd be interested in hearing does one emerge? while you're working on it as having more heat or energy than the other. And at what point do you start talking? Because you have an inner circle of people to whom you talk. What point do you expand outward from those people or do you or you do not? So I'm I'm interested to see what happens after you're We're going to do three weeks on one, three weeks on the other, another conversation with your agent. And then we can maybe check in and see what what emerges. We
0: totally can. I will absolutely tell you. But I think a lot of things could emerge is the thing. And and they could emerge differently for different people. I mean, I know some writers that work on more than one book at once or you know, work on a book for a month and then sort of hand it off to a copy editor and work on another one while they wait for their responses. That's not been me in the past, so it doesn't seem like it will be me in the future, but I suppose it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it would be. Um, I really resist and like want to crawl in a hole and pull back from the screen and 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 fight you. The idea that I might put three or four weeks in on one of these and then not ever finish writing it, although that could <laughs> Don't tell, I, me. Um, don't tell me that, but it could totally happen.
1: I am um, currently working on, on two books at the same time, which is a thing I have never done. And and it just was a thing that had to happen for so many reasons. So you're right. Things happen and we don't know why or always, we can't always choose what we feel, but, but we can choose what we put our working energy on. So... Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where, where you emerge. It'll be interesting for me too. <laughs> well we will check back in and see what happens.
0: Yes, and in the meanwhile time, keep your butt in the chair and your head in the
1: game. The hashtag Amriding Podcast is
0: produced by Andrew Perilla. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were
1: paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work.
0: Love the hashtag AmWriting podcast, you'll love the hashtag AmWriting emails. So sign up! You get show notes and links, sure, but that's not all. You'll get invites to ride alongs along with bonus episodes and thoughts on revision, TikTok, and more, plus access to commenting and chatting on Substack. And we will never ever share our list with anyone else because we wouldn't, and because that sounds like way too much work and we're mostly in this for the hang. So pop your name on our list at amwritingpodcast.com.